shout out to everybody tuning in already joining us um big shout outs to all of you guys amg hour is essentially a twitter space social audio experience that you guys will be able to find on any social platform that you like to listen to for your podcast over on twitter itunes just go ahead and check out amg spaces uh where you would be able to find that today we are bringing on our special guest mr h sir aka luke um where amg social hour is a again a social audio experience we try to bridge the gap between what's going on with industry insiders as well as highlight some of our own where it gives you feedback and tips as to what to proceed with within the gaming industry um alongside me i'm your host format with koozie and once again and Mr. Luke. So, yeah, Luke, what's up? Oh, did I disconnect? Nope, we're good. No, I can hear you. All right. Oh, did did Luke disconnect? But <laughs> <laughs> quite possibly. And age three. Hello, are you there? I butchered that intro. I'm like, he must have ended up just signing off. <laughs> uh... Oh, good. We can wait a minute or two. So basically, guys, this new series that we're doing is a pretty fun one that uh, we, you know, we thought about and, and really wanted to implement. Uh, basically, we are uh, two times a month going to be showcasing people from the AMG family. Uh, this can go from creators to employees, etc. Um, there's just so many talented people in this, uh, in this industry, but also part of the AMG fam that need to be showcased. Uh, so the series that, that we're doing now is really just doing that, showcasing everyone that works here, that, uh, you know, does create, you know, creates content for us, et cetera, and letting the audience know who they are and their story of, of how they started. Absolutely. And once again, we have. Age sir joining us today and Luke. Uh yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh yeah, so uh you know, my gaming buddies and uh from probably the last twenty years went by age or age sir and uh you know and in my real life go by Luke. Um but the whole age tour comes from uh playing I was uh religious about the game Age of Empires and so I just played all you know the entire series, competed in tournaments, <laughs> the whole nine yards, and so that was really my first like main love for competing in like a multiplayer uh tournament environment do you do you still play the new one you know, i started playing it you know i got i downloaded it i introduced it to my son and honestly yeah. uh, that's as far as it got i played a little bit of the campaigns <laughs> but you know uh yeah. you know I, i'm in my 40s now and i can't keep up with all the 18 year olds that's going to kick my butt you know so I was, I was waiting until <laughs> i was really good at the campaigns before i jump back into multiplayer <laughs> you know but i never got to that point but uh Honestly, uh, you know, I've taken on so many, so many jobs and uh, tasks in my life right now, whether it's with uh, mm -hmm. AMG or, uh, you know, work up at State or, or with my kids. Uh, it's just, uh, it's like gaming has gone on a backpedal right now. So mm -hmm. most of my gaming lately has been involved with, uh, with my kids, like begging me to jump into Roblox or something like that, or, or the rare occasion on the weekends where uh, a buddy will hit me up and say, hey, let's play some, you know, PUBG Mobile or something and we'll jump in. But yeah, uh, a lot of it's uh, unfortunately come to a backseat at the moment. It's been uh, so uh, so busy. Yeah, I I got into Age of Empires on number two, 
Well, I, I'm not going to say I got into it because I still get my butt whooped by the computer. <laughs> uh, so, so it's definitely not a game that uh, fits me because of my brain capacity. But um, it, I can definitely see what the hype is and why people love it. Um, so, yeah, excited to, that, you know, that was the game that kind of got you started into everything. Um was there any other titles growing up? Yeah, that I, I, kind of like opened up your mind to that. Um, you know, so I was I was the type of kid. I was uh, we were the first person to have a computer in our neighborhood, and I, you know, starting to feel kind of old old saying that now. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, we had the Atari, we had the Commodore sixty four, we had everything, and all the kids would come over just to to, to you know to play. It kind of reminds me of. Um, uh, the Stranger Things. Yeah, I think in one of the episodes, like yeah. they're all like lining up to play at one one kid's house, kind of stuff. That was, so that was my house, kind of growing up. But I remember, you know, doing you know playing Doom and uh, 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 what was it, the Wolf, uh, Wolfenstein 3D and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. you know, I remember I remember <laughs> doing the dial up on all that and uh, you know having so much trouble with that. But my my father was a, a computer analyst for the government, and uh, so he was always a techie, always had computers, and uh, I just kind of picked up. Uh, you know, falling in love with it, um, you know, from him. That's super interesting you say that because, I mean, oftentimes it's always like, I mean, I remember my first uh, computer, I think it was uh, 98, it could have been 96. And I remember it's like obviously load, loading up the Windows, uh, I think it was, nine, yeah, Windows 98. And I think the first game that it that I ended up having was the PC version of, I think at the time it was called Mech Arena as well or something like that. And it was like a weird joystick type of type of like mechanic shooter. And just saying that it's like it's bringing back nostalgia moments. But it's uh, one of those things that I also laugh at because it's like growing up with the dial up. It's you remember the sounds of just even just sparking that thing up and then also just getting yelled at for taking up the phone line. You know, like it's like, oh, yeah, I, def I definitely don't miss those days. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, you know, I would say that the one game that probably took most of my time of any game I've ever played was probably uh, Counter Strike. I played, you know, the CS one point six, and then I went to Global Offensive, cool. and I kind of wish that Steam wouldn't record this, but it like recorded my, you know, records your hours played, and I know it was well, well yeah. over five thousand for like CS CS Global, and, uh, and I don't, Jeez. yeah, I know, and I like you look back. And, <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, you know what? I probably just left the computer on. That's probably why it's like says so much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, those matches can go for hours. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel you. Oh, yeah. I feel you on yeah, that. I think one. about how many languages I could have learned during that time. I mean, if I, that's, that's a lot of hours. <laughs> Um, but I definitely hear that. Yeah, but I would say uh, that that one is the one where I kind of dreamed of like, you know, we all have the dream of being pro at, at something, you know, or, you know, especially in the gaming scene. And uh, I remember watching mm -hmm. like Complexity back then, uh, you know, I, I remember, uh, was it was his name Chris or something like that was kind of the owner of Complexity, but he was, he was taking uh, all, you know, all the different players around to different land tournaments, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, I always kind of kind of envied that. That's something I wanted to you know do for my kids. Uh, you know, if they want to ever compete in you know into gaming and you know travel around and compete in tournaments, and they don't do exactly the same as they used to as far as like having the, like the land tournaments and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of cool though that my my both my my son and my daughter who are uh, nine and seven they have their own gaming rigs they're sitting right next to each other you know they're screaming at each other they're also laughing at each other and <laughs> it's uh i don't know it's kind of cool to, to see them follow my footsteps yeah not not many people realize that complexity is outside of optic being like an og of the esports scene 
complexity was right there alongside the whole way, especially with CSGO. Um, and how big they are now in LATAM and, and Brazil itself. How big CSGO is in Brazil is, is still very ridiculous to me. Like, I, I, I can't fathom how that became such a, a huge... It's literally just, it's crazy to me. I, I, I don't know how you can have so many fans that are, are diehard uh, for for an eSport title like CSGO has still. Um, and for it yeah. being this long running uh, of a title in eSports. Uh, so it was cool that, that you said that was one of the games as well that got you started. Because a lot of the stories of people who 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 come into this industry kind of started from CSGO. Like that was the game that I know, I believe uh, Power Bing as well was, you know, uh, was a big CSGO head as well. So it's like, yeah, uh, it's definitely a entry point to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think, I think our path is, uh, we've said it, uh, we've said it before, just looking back uh, how similar our path is as far as the games we played and competition. Cause yeah. you know, we, we both played Cal league and uh, we, we kind of brag to each other with what level we were on. I think he was a Cal I, which is the highest. <laughs> and I was like Cal P which is like right <laughs> below. It's like, it's, you know, we were all begging just to get an invite into the higher tier. Um, so, but that was like the, the standard uh, to, to go by, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you told somebody what Cal level you're in and you can easily look up people. And so, uh, it's also a dream of ours to kind of uh, reproduce that, uh, on, you know, and some of this the type of tech stuff that we're trying to build now, as uh, that that environment of uh, just the CS:GO and the Cal League and stuff like that it was just uh, yeah. the standard to go by. Um, but yeah, but I would I would say that uh, gaming itself, you know, when I started with Age of Empires and I moved on to other games, you know, I formed my own clan that we would just jump from game to game and. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. back when I was like 19 or 20, I started, you know, they had a website and I just took over it, understood it, started, you know, building, you know, new pages to it, adding new assets and just, you know, kind of try to figure it all out. And every game I played, I kept building new websites. And even when it came all the way to, you know, Clash of Clans, I had my illegalelements.com website and um, just built stats up for my, you know, for my family members and teams so we could all brag and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So uh, if it wasn't for gaming, you know, I don't know where I would be tech wise. Dude, that's that's interesting you say that because it's like one of those things that uh i guess i it's my my next question is kind of like a two-part right it's one of those like it's like when do you when did you make the jump into mobile the mobile scene but then also like i guess i before then i, I like the importance of a website it's one of, one, one of those things that we've kind of been seeing especially lately when people are trying to build their personnels and all that um their personas their brands and all and whatnot but it's one of those things that it's like how important do you think is having that a website that like that, that you could end up going back to, right? Like, I mean, in some parts it's a passion project where you end up saying like, Hey, I'm building this just for my guild, my, pl- my clan, whatever we're playing on just to get informative. But then also to kind of push yourself to kind of be, uh, you know, better within the game, but then also like, you know, gather your interests and all that. You know, I, w- I would say, you know, uh, jumping over, over to mobile, uh, it was, you know, from when my kids were born, you know, I was, a uh, a serious diehard PC gamer and uh, the kids, the yeah. kids came and the type of PC games there were, weren't the type that, you know, you can uh, pick up and put, put down really easily. You know, it was really, yeah. really the mobile games and uh, clash of clans for me was that type where, you know, I could pick it up, put it down. Cause you know, my wife is like, you know, I need help with the baby, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I literally had to let go of my, uh, my gaming career temporarily until, 
you know, my brother and my yeah. father are like, you got to jump on, you know, Clash of Clans. Let's, you know, come join our clan. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. So download it. Was, it was a perfect game. So no matter what you're doing, you can just jump in for a second, check on your stuff and put it back down if you got to. Um, and then, uh, yeah. you know, I started playing that. And I remember Clash of Clans, they announced the, uh, their API came out. And I'm like, oh, this is a perfect chance to prove to my all my family members that I'm better than them. Because... You know, everyone would remember <laughs> your last war and how good you did. Nobody would remember how you did it over the last month. And uh, so that's kind of yeah. that's kind of how I started with uh, really diving into the coding of uh, gaming uh, as far as mobile. That's wild. So coming from a family that was also in tech, because you said your father was was also uh, in tech, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, he was. A, was it a, was it a competitive like household going in like? Hey, this is you know what I programmed this week uh, is better than what you programmed. Like, how was that type of, of of household growing up when when you know the whole family was kind of around the the whole textile? So uh, I would say my father was never necessarily into the coding stuff. He did like kind of access okay. and a lot of uh, Excel sheets and all that kind of stuff. He was much mm -hmm. more into that, but not like underneath that kind of layer and just building you know programs from you know the ground up. That was that was more my mm -hmm. passion um, and. Uh, you know, for prior to the job that I had now, I actually, um, I worked for uh, a company called Scientific Games and we produced uh, the majority of the world scratch off lottery tickets. And I was a wow. senior audit programmer there and it wasn't until um, I, I worked there and to, did I really understand programming? You know, it's like you can go to school for something, but it's not until, especially in the coding scene, do you really get it until you do it every day over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, my job there was to actually, I was a senior audit programmer and I would actually have to code out games. Um, was like, you know, well, it was like Pac-Man, Slingo, Bingo, those kind of things. And it was crazy the amount of uh, stuff I had to, to, I picked up from that. And, and what I mean by that is like the stuff that I, everything I do now, I can, I, I'm really good at figuring out everything that can go wrong. Um, and, and I, I would attribute all to that job and that job I had to, for example, like a bingo game, I had to make sure that going left and right and diagonal that I didn't spell cuss words forwards and backwards. And, <laughs> and we would have an entire list of every type of cuss word that across different languages that we had to account for. Um, and things that you don't ever think about when you buy a scratch off ticket, you yeah. know what I mean? So, but I would, I would yeah. have to write code to play out the game and then I'd have to manipulate a ticket, run it through my code to prove that it worked. Um, but you had to always just constantly think outside the box of everything could go wrong. And so, uh, you know, even when we did this, uh, the Pharaoh's cup, you know, this past, you know, past week that yeah. we did, um, there was a lot of things that just, uh, building the things, uh, that we were doing, I was like, oh, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. And, uh, oftentimes I just attribute to that 15 years of nonstop coding, uh, for things, uh, accounting for everything that could potentially go wrong. Mm -hmm. That that's crazy that you say that too, because it's like one of those. I, I think uh, oftentimes you end up hearing the, about all the good stuff, right? Like in having that mindset of just like what, any, the, what's the worst case scenario? What can go wrong? Will go wrong? And then being able to kind of be able to think on the fly on that, it's just kind of one of those interesting aspects on that. Um, I guess besides also your experience in having that previous job, I guess what other kind of tools did would you say that you use to kind of push your mindset in that to kind of change your perspective of just how you end up looking at things in, in life in general uh you know i would say uh, you know not necessarily the the jobs that i've had but i would say uh, even like being a father you know that really just you know ch changes yeah. your you know your perspective on, on life especially i think once you reach yeah. your 30s and 40s you start looking at time completely different too 
you know. I had a midlife crisis yeah. the minute I hit 30. Yeah, so when, you're, when you're in your 20s, you're like, you think you're going to live forever. And, you know, 30s, you're like, you start figuring things out. And in your 40s, you're like, oh, crap, I've lived half my life, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I don't know. You just you, you look at things, uh, you know, completely different. Um, I, and I would say that, uh, you know, also where I've gotten, you know, the, the, the journey that I've had and the people that I've met, um, I, I think I've done a pretty well job at just building connections and, um, you know, I, I would say I'm a different type of coder in the sense of that I'm very good at building relationships with people. Yeah. I, you know, when I, when I went to, uh, Germany for the world championship, I went out there and some coders were invited out there and, but I was the one coder that was out there and I'm hanging out with all the YouTubers. You know, and all the other yeah. all the other coders weren't really talking to each other, socializing, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. But I was the one coder where I'm sitting there partying with all the YouTubers every night, and it's because I built those relationships uh, with the the web with the websites that I did and uh, the community that I built around it um, that uh, that I've been able to uh, make all the connections I have, and which even led me to AMG. You know, if it wasn't for yeah. you know Judo, uh, you know, the, who introduced me to you know Tim and Lance and I think I, you know, Tim and I had crossed paths a little bit before in the creator program. Um, but prior to that, you know, mm-hmm. it was Carbon Fenn who, you know, who put in a good word that got me in the creator program with Supercell. And it was just all because mm-hmm. of just making these great connections. I think that is one thing that people don't realize still is the way to grow in this industry is by connecting to people. Like you yeah. just cannot do this so 100%. Like you might be able to do that in say like in different sales areas. You might do that in car dealerships or whatever, you know, whatever the case in real estate, et cetera. But when it comes to the gaming industry, it's it's who you know and how do they know you, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. Um so uh, <laughs> you just you hit that like right on the ball. Like that was like if anyone it's... let that fly over your head, I I would hope you it did not. <laughs> Poozie, I think he even mentioned it before in a previous episode that it's literally like, and it's one of those things too, where it's like, as you make those connections, it's making sure that you also don't expect anything in return, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, Hey, it's a genuine connection. You guys have something that's relatable to one another. And per se, it's like, maybe you don't end up having something relatable, but it's also like, Hey, I'm making the effort to actually reach out to you. This is something that it's like, you know, just the mutual respect that you end up having, whether it's an event in itself, right? Like I remember one time when I ended up, uh, I did a casting with ESL for for a game, and it was one of those things that I ended up having my own connection with with the, the other competitive players because, to be honest, I was at the bar just drinking with them, right? And it's like, hey, give me some insight on like what's going on behind the scenes or whatever. What's your game plan, right? And it's like it, it wasn't so much that I was just trying to feel for something. It was because you understood the game, you understood. That the overall aspect of it, something relatable that you were able to kind of provide insight. It's like, hey, I I know I do this in, I head peek and head glitch over on this corner. But what do you guys do over here and etc. And it's like, it's not so much that you're fishing for something in return. Most of just trying to get to get to understand that person. And it, uh, Luke, I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head on that. That it's literally being able to be personable with those those individuals. That whatever whatever it is that you're interested in, having something to relate to. Yep, I agree, a hundred percent. And uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I could honestly just like look back at every step of the way of just you know, especially when it hit the class scene, just reaching out to people and building those relationships mm-hmm. on you know how can we benefit each other and just and like you said, don't ever expect mm-hmm. anything in return. And uh, you know, yeah. but just you know, obviously follow up and you know when you know when you know 
people have low points, make sure, you know, you're kind of reaching out, just, you know, just building those genuine, genuine yeah. relationships. Yeah. Um, and had I never done that, I would have, there's no way I'd be where I'm at today. Yeah. It's the funny thing is there's so many people that I, I met that, you know, they could have been, you don't know where someone's going to end up. And that's kind of like where it ends, right? Like you could be the janitor of a fortune 500 company. Right. And then 10 years later, they're the ones running it. So it's like you always have to go to every relationship that you're starting and think of it almost at that level as well. Like, don't ever mistreat someone because you don't know who that person would be in the future. And that person might be the one that's going to be writing your checks. So it's like you always got to go as organic and as positive as possible to any of these relationships, never asking for anything. Because I'm the type of person where I love what Gary Vee says and, and i i'm the whole audience probably knows who that is by now but um it's always that give 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 uh because that's literally what to be honest it's what ang does it's like we're always giving and we never ask back to receive anything because at the end yes. of the day as long as we're helping others that's the main goal right like we want to make this industry as powerful and as impactful as possible and the only way to do that is by giving others the tools that they need and being able to help them on their journey. Absolutely. And I think, I think age here does a great job about that, especially on the back end yeah. things. I think it's, it's one of those things too, where it's like, people don't realize how much, how important, like the behind the scenes aspects are too. Like, I mean, even, even that it's just like to, to, point out uh the pharaoh's cup like it's there's so much work that goes behind the scenes and what can go wrong and it's trying to troubleshoot all that aspect and it's like i think a lot of the times people just end up saying like oh this this caster might end up being terrible or hey this camera camera angle is not working or x x y and z and it's like it's like yeah unfortunately you end up noticing that one aspect of it and obviously we, we do whatever we can to end up improving those little those little things but at the end of the day, I mean, when you take a step back and just like to look at what you end up accomplishing, it's it's one of those things that, again, you end up having to reflect that, especially when you end up having the, the team behind you that supports you 100% of the way. And I think to to that as well, it's like I, I hear it all the time where it's like Luke is an amazing person, but and, and also just an amazing boss where it's like with the team that he ends up come, like dealing with that it's just like across the globe, it's so many different time zones so many different people and yeah. it's like different skill sets and it's like i that's definitely one aspect that i definitely uh, I, I i i don't know the proper word but it's a i i respect that and then i also like love to acknowledge that aspect where it's like I, to me personally it's this this uh this twitter space personally was also one of those things that i was just like i want to get to know luke i want to know like the ins and outs <laughs> of it because all these great yeah. things that you end up hearing about like it's what it's crazy but yeah I appreciate the kind words. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I'm sure we can all, you know, all, all say the same thing for, you know, AMG, but, um, you know, it's, it's something when I first heard about it, it was something somewhere I wanted to be. And, uh, and it's honestly better than, uh, what I expected in the sense of, you know, when, when I, when I came on, I was, I was yeah. the first tech person and, uh, you know, you know, from there on, I, I've been given like the, the trust to build the, the team that I have today. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think we have an incredible team and we just, you know, I had you know, two more additions come on and I, I feel like yeah. honestly we can, we can build anything, you know, we, we can compete with the best yeah. of the best. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just the fact that I always have an ear with our leadership. Um, and uh, yeah. a lot of times I, I ask for a lot of 
permissions to do things, even though I probably did be okay if I didn't, if I just did what I, what I thought was great, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, yeah. but it's all, you know, hundred percent of the time there, they have my back with, with yeah. my thoughts and, and stuff mm-hmm. and trust, you know? So that's, that's, that's one that's thing good. that's awesome to have. I think a few people can say that about their jobs. Yeah. Sure. So to, to get a little bit more insight, what would a day to day look like for you? And it doesn't have to be with where you are now, but like, as you were going up in your, you know, in the industry of tech, et cetera, like what was a day-to-day for you? Are you talking about as like currently my day-to-day or like, yeah, like, okay. when you, yeah, <laughs> like let's say current right now, when you wake up yeah. in the morning, like what's your day-to-day going, going for? All right. The majority of the time I, uh, my wife's already at work. She's a personal trainer. I got to feed the kids and get them to their camps right now and drive a good, 45 minutes downtown Atlanta and uh, I have an office where I work for the state of Georgia. Uh, I work for the department of investment services. Um, I, su- oh, wow. I support all the trading systems for, for the state. Um, about 40 years from now, I'll be invested. I'm hoping to make that mark. Um, we'll, we'll see it. We'll, like, <laughs> I can't say it too loud, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rudy. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I, I have, you know, meetings all day with AMG, uh, to make sure checking in with all of our, our tech teams and other projects to make mm-hmm. sure that everything's, you know, moving forward like it should, or, you know, if it stopped, uh, figure out why and uh, jumping in to kind of fix things. And, and when I can uh, jump in code projects, uh, you know, where, where it needs help. And then, uh, pretty much after that, uh, go home and, you know, start all over with the kids and, you know, try to spend some time with them and then uh, at night jump back in and do a little bit more AMG work. So that's usually my, uh, my, my week. And then the weekends try to spend as much time with, with my kids. I, I, uh, I think the most, yeah. the, at the end of the day, the most important thing in life is your relationships with your friends and your friend and your family. Um, yeah. so that's why we all do, do the things we love and why we work, uh, you know, so we can help support that. I have a question in regards to that. I, I guess in, in terms of what kind of tools do you end up like, and I, I'm going to be dumbfounded if you end sure. up saying you coded your own uh, calendar or program, but yeah, what are the kind of tools that you like <laughs> to end up using, like on the everyday access for, um, for, yeah, planning your day to day. I mean, you, you sound like a busy man. You, you end up having so much going on. It's like, I guess just for our listeners, what are some kind of tools of the trade that you would end up uh, recommending to mm-hmm. everybody to end up like looking into? Um, you know, I, I, I would, yeah, I don't know. I, my entire house is full of Alexa, <laughs> you know, she, she's like in every kind of room, you know, and a lot yeah. of people are like, or, you know, they're like, well, she's listening on you. I'm like, I don't care. She makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> I, I use yeah. her all the time as well. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. She's everywhere. I know she's listening, but I, I, you know, I'm not a criminal, so I don't care. So, <laughs> um, you know, obviously you know, that, that starts one. I'm a big iPhone user. Um, uh, pretty much most of my friends that are, you know, are all in an iPhone kind of family. I don't know if it's a, a geographical thing or like a mainly U.S. thing, but I know when you look at the statistics, majority of the world's all, um, you know, Android based. Yeah, um, yeah. But it seems like, you know, all maybe it's just U.S., but every, all my friends have uh, Apple. Um, but, you know, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of Macs, though. But when it comes to iPads and phones, I'm all about, you know, the Apple. So, mm-hmm. but day to day, I'm all over uh, Windows-based systems. Um, uh, and it probably just, you know, all the, all the kind of tools I use is you know, mostly just for, you know, coding, which is you know, VS Code or Visual Studio, yeah. uh, those kind of things. Um, I'm also pretty decent at Photoshop. You know, for the longest time doing websites and stuff, you kind of had to learn everything. 
unless you were you know, yeah. just had the money kind of stuff. So I came well versed in building my own websites, utilizing Photoshop and stuff like that, and uh, and all the back end kind of stuff. So somewhat full stack, you know. But lately, you know, just being uh, you know the, the director of our team, uh, that uh, yeah. I'm much more involved of managing and all that kind of stuff, which. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I found it to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And I would say I've had some practice in that in the sense of when I built my Clash Champs uh, community, um, you know, we have a very, you know, 17, 18,000 people in our Discord and building that up, uh, you know, um, you know, just kind of building that up, we, we built, a, you know, a ton of relationships, but we also had like, uh, I would say 20, 30 contractors for uh, base builders. Uh, we'd have, you know, 20, you know, 10 to 20 different coaches for different games for class school. Um, so in a sense of, you know, and we had, you know, plenty of staff to do all that. So we got really good at managing people to be able to keep those yeah. businesses moving along. Yeah. So it felt like second nature coming into this position. Mm. Yeah. I always I, I always find it funny when it's like uh, I whenever I end up asking anything tech related to like somebody who might end up having coding or anything like that I'm always thinking of like Matrix or like Grandma's Boy where it's like a full like screen setup with gamers <laughs> cherries and everything like that when it's like people are like dude it's just literally an iPad and a Windows com- computer you know and it's like oh is that simple yes. I know there's more intricate details into it especially with the programs that are being used but I'm I literally always. For whatever reason, I'm always thinking like Neo Matrix vibes. <laughs> yeah, when I when I first spoke to Luke, he was the first one that really got me into kind of just dabbling into coding, and then I got into Python and and stuff like that. Um, at first, I was just well, I'm still very intimidating. It, it's <laughs> intimidated about it. Uh, it's is a very intimidating thing. Uh, and then I have another good buddy that's in the gaming industry that codes for uh, the military and and you know for for stuff like that. Um, and the one thing that they told me was like, Google is your best friend uh, when it comes to coding. So what do you think about that advice, uh, Luke, when you, when someone says that, when it comes to coding? That, that's funny you asked that. So I actually had, uh, when I was taking, when I first started coding, um, I had a teacher that would not, uh, she had the rule where you're not allowed to use a, the internet at all to look up anything. Oh. And I thought it was the stupidest thing, you know, so I, yeah. I have yeah. all Google. I've always been a Google coder, so you know it's it's impossible to remember all the different syntax uh, differences, uh, you know, for different languages. And I would say that one thing is, uh, you know, once you once you get good at coding, though, the philosophy of the logics is, is the same. Um, mm. You know, so you know, so no matter what what type of language you jump to, uh, the syntax is always uh, you know it just changes, but the flow is the same. Yeah, and so that's kind of one thing you you kind of pick up as you start doing uh you know learning all different kinds of languages and such yeah i i started getting into that flow state where it was like after watching a bunch like because I, I signed up for skillshare and a bunch of others that have these coding classes um about like 100 hours deep already into it and i see myself sometimes even getting into that flow state where it's like oh i remember this and i don't need to look it up and that feeling there is like the craziest to me because it's like it's just either numbers or letters, and it's like how do I even remember that? Uh, so I, you know, I, I can definitely see where you're coming with that as well. And that teacher is is <laughs> awesome, but oh my gosh, I would have yeah. cursed out that teacher. Yeah. 
So, yes, I guess, uh, how about for myself, right? Like, as an outsider looking in, like, I mean, if I wanted to get started with encoding, I mean, what kind of steps would I look into? I mean, also that, I mean, should I look game specific? Should I look at general, like, just looking at websites or kind of like what what are the starting points to kind of get involved with coding in, in general uh, you know I, I if i were if i were to start i mean there's a couple of things I would, I would look at i'd look at you know what what are the up and coming languages what what things going to be around what what stuff's about to kind of expire because you know there's you know there's certain there's a lot of languages that you know we no longer use anymore so i'd want something to be relevant if you really kind of took it serious as a career yeah. um but from a very basic level i mean both like front end and back end kind of stuff can utilize you know javascript or something like that but um, you know, I got really good uh, learning C for the first time, but a lot of these, a lot of these languages have uh, are very you know similar, and then, and again they have the same type of logic, whether it's loops or you know that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. I, I would I would look at something that's that's you know something that's new and upcoming, and figure out whether you want to do a front end if you like the way you know dealing with graphics, or you want to work on the back end kind of stuff and work with data. Um, so I would just you know that's that's kind of where I would start. If that answers your okay. question. Yeah, for sure. So what has been your favorite project that you've worked on or your top two? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, when I, when I worked for the lottery, I wrote this uh, this thing that's called an audit player. And mm -hmm. um, I, it was I had this great this idea, this great idea that, uh, you know, I was we were constantly working through like these uh these uh, like notepad documents and they you know they didn't do a lot of database kind of stuff a lot of stuff was st stored in these uh just documents and stuff and i got really tired of it and uh you know we would have to like i said uh, manipulate um these scratch off tickets uh these games uh on the fly kind of stuff and it was very difficult going through these lines of uh of code to manipulate where things were so i built this entire player where um, you could play out like tic-tac-toes or, you know, match three of five or, or slingos and bingos and crosswords and stuff like that. So I, uh, they all had this um, uh, common thing where if I just kind of, you know, put everything in a square and shrunk it down, I could fit it to the size of the lottery ticket. And so then you could do a drag and drop and manipulate scratch off tickets on the fly. So that was, that was one thing I invented and I just, I spent an entire weekend kind of writing it and then I brought it in on, on that Monday and showed it to my boss. <laughs> just the weekend? Yeah, just well, the weekend. Oh my God. Well, I got it enough to make it function, you know? And then after that, yeah. uh, I started yeah. building on it and I kept adding on to it for over years. And then, uh, then I cloned it for other departments to use because we had people who would audit our stuff and, uh, and that one uh, ended up uh, being used internationally uh, at all of our different places. So wow. that was one thing I was really proud of and it really saved a, a ton of time and errors and uh, that kind of thing. So yeah. that was definitely a project that uh, uh, I was really proud of. That's awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm still well, like, well, yeah, it was, well, it's, it's a weekend. Well, I'll tell you, my, my wife absolutely hates when I go into code mode uh, because yeah. I, I can't sleep. Um, I dream yeah. about it. Um, it. It just doesn't yeah. stop. Um, and so it's it, it's crazy, you know, when I get into that mode. But yeah, she absolutely hates it. But it's uh, it's been uh, a lot less frequent lately, lately, just because I've been just managing yeah. a lot more. That's crazy. I'm just imagining like middle of the night, light turns on, you end up jumping to the computer and just feel like this was something I dreamt about. This is crazy. Like it's gonna <laughs> oh, it's, it. that is definitely. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I would literally just go yeah. to my sleep and I'd wake up, have a great idea from my dreams, and just jump That's right crazy. in. So. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome though. I mean, it also brings out the creative juices too. Like, I mean, I think it's like I I think that's one aspect in itself, right? Like in the creative creativity aspect, where it's like, yeah, the design could end up being on the front end and whatnot, but it's like. I think that's also how like it also translates so well with you and like how it kind of relays over into the visually aesthetically just kind of pleasing but then also just kind of like again the technicalities where you know it's something user friendly that's not going to end up deterring like scaring people off really like and yeah I mean I could also end up seeing how that translates so well also into just the gaming space in general like that's that's super rad and super awesome to end up hearing yeah I, 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 I couldn't agree more um so so Kuzi, how far did you get into coding now? Oh man. So I started doing some so pretty much at the moment because it got it got pretty busy at work. <laughs> so um I was able to pretty much code myself kind of like uh doing a sequence of uh just like sentences, but then also uh being able to kind of uh how how is it called oh my gosh i have all the notes i have like three notepads already of it but um doing it, it was coding but there was a lot of mathematics in it where it was like finding out how to get to this number um i don't know what the what it was called how to how to do it but it was something that was taught to me on on skillshare uh throughout the python course um so i got there uh and then i just kept just reading more stuff and just uh, on the weekends, I go to my buddy's house who, who does coding for the military and stuff. Uh, and then I just watch him and, and just see what he's doing, even though it's completely different because now he's more in the uh, VR sense of things and, and making like these virtual reality type worlds for the military. Oh, wow. Um, it's, uh, I, just, I just watch how he does it and how he gets into that flow state. Uh, and then I try to replicate that back. Uh, I'm a very slow learner. Uh, so it's, I try to do the same thing over and over and over again until I can actually like just perfect it. Got it. So are you ready to start coding for me? Uh, <laughs> definitely, not. <laughs> definitely not. Maybe in two years, maybe in two. Awesome. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, especially in the future, like, I mean, yeah, what, what's your take on that in terms of VR gaming, in terms of like, I mean, just the VR space and like, I mean, even with, I and not to cover crypto, crypto and all that, but I mean, that is an expanding space. So I guess like, how do you see the coding kind of being pro pushed in the, into the future and how it would translate within gaming? I mean, maybe you also have some insights of what you're you're working on on yourself or side projects or something. Uh, you know, not sharing too much. No, I, I, I've heard, uh, um, I remember reading an article about how I think it was Microsoft came out with, uh, it was a scary thought too. It definitely put me out of a job, but uh, that <laughs> they were able to build an AI that would code anything you kind of wanted. And so like, I guess you could just kind of put in some parameters or, you know, talk it out and the whole AI mm -hmm. could kind of build uh, or code everything for you. Um, so um, that that's kind of a scary thought with it, but um one thing I've kind of always wanted to, I don't, I'm sure it'll be here at some point on how it connects, uh, maybe even the thing that Elon Musk did where with the monkeys, but uh, what was it called interlink or something like that, where they were able to tap, tap into brain stuff. But I tell you the, the one thing that I've always felt hindered is that I would love to just be able to code with my mind, you know, just like typing it yeah. to me is such a, yeah. a slow thing. Uh, but if I could actually just, my thoughts go straight down into code, uh, I, I feel like I would be limitless. You know, so 
I, you know, I hope that goes, you know, somewhere at some point, maybe we, you know, eventually, you know, virtuality is kind of part of that as well. You know, I definitely think that's kind of the future crypto. I, I think yeah. it's definitely here to stay. Um, but I think it's still the wild west. Uh, we, I think we have yeah. a long ways to go, uh, as far as, uh, you know, yeah. integrating with the, the gaming scene. Um, not, not until I think they, they can figure out a secure way. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I like necessarily the transparency of every kind of transaction. I don't think people want to know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't want everybody to know what I'm spending money on. You know, I think that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of a, I don't know. I think that's a, something that they need to take care of at some point before they, they figure it out and, and make it secure. So I, I, I think not until they do that, will you know, it'd be really prevalent. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I, I just recently ended myself dabbling into, um, again, not 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 sponsored project, but it's a, basically a NFT campaign where they're basically trying to actually get more people outdoors within the within the NFT space in itself, and giving access and all that. And I'm 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 actually inter- interested on in how that's going to end up tra- translating because it's different if it's just going to be they call it a passport, but essentially it's I feel that it's different in in a sense that. Wow, how can you end up bringing the metaverse outside within within it all? And it's like, how how is that going to end up translating down the line? So, so like a um, Pokemon Go, they did something similar to that. But uh, in this aspect, it, I think the whole uh, theory is like to to actually get you out to go riding bikes, to go mm, to go rock okay. climbing, to go camping, and all that yeah. stuff. Where it's like, I, I know within the NFT space in itself, that's going to uh, supposedly give me access with it to give me those activities. Why? Well, yeah, of course, I could go end up doing it on my own and whatnot. But again, it's it's one of those that I'm I'm curious to see how that space ends up expanding into it, especially with like the softwares that are going to be out there. To 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 Luke's point, where it's like, yeah, if you end up having some VR that that is outdoorsy because you can't, uh, let's say, uh, attend a a bike ride with your fellow with your fellow folks in that aspect, but you're still able to hop on a peloton and then ride ride in person. You know, like that's that's something. Yeah. That uh, I'm curious to end up seeing, especially within the the whole uh, internet of things, you know. Yeah, I definitely think the uh, you know I went down the NFT uh, hole, you know, a few a few months back. Yeah. Uh, I've you know since crypto's crashed, uh, you know, over the last yeah. you know what three to six months or so, I, I, I'm yeah, kind of yeah. taking a step back. I haven't thrown any money in it. I want things to kind of settle, <laughs> see where things go. <laughs> Uh, especially yeah. with them trying to do regulation with it, you know, once, you know, yeah. once the U S or the world really starts regulating that, uh, some, some way, then things will start to settle. So I've kind of taken a step back, but, yeah. uh, NFTs, I think, I think are great or can be great. Um, you know, if it's utilized, yeah. right. Um, there's a, I see a yeah. ton of artists, you know, utilizing that for, you know, their concerts or gets them into backpack you know, yeah. backstage or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I definitely see a use case for it, but the, still the, my mind goes around the the security of I actually almost fell for uh, a scam with an NFT once. Uh, yeah. And, you know, me who knows a lot of tech and have been well-versed, well-trained and, and security and stuff like that, I still almost fell for that, you know, into a yeah. scam of NFTs. So it's still a very yeah. scary space, but I definitely see a yeah, lot absolutely. of real world use for it. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so I know we're going to be coming up on the 45 minute mark. Uh, if anybody does have any questions, please feel free to raise your hand so we can bring you up and ask each uh, any questions. And yeah, in the meantime, uh, Kuzi, you got another one? Uh, man, I'm just really excited that you were able to come on the show, uh, yeah. Luke. You know, you've been someone we've really been wanting to just uh, pick your brain 
and and yeah. kind of showcase who you are to to the audience. Uh, just because yeah. everything you do on a daily basis that we get to see, like yeah. we don't even get to see ninety percent of what you guys do. In the Absolutely, side, Absolutely. Right? Like I would even go to saying ninety nine percent. But the yeah. stuff that you do that you guys do implement out and we get to use on a daily basis yeah. has literally just changed the whole dynamic of how we work in AMG yeah. to a much more efficient and powerful way. And it's like getting you onto the call as the first person uh, to do this new series was definitely something I really wanted. Uh, and I know Jeff as well. Uh, so, you know, just want to say thank you for, for just coming out and, and, and your in your busy schedule because you're yeah. definitely you're definitely busy uh, being able to take that time to to come out and share some of your your story. Absolutely, and uh, thank thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, I remember when I first joined uh, AMG, uh, I remember how excited you were because you're like, "Yes, finally got some tech, uh, you know, tech person on the team." So uh, that's cool. Yeah, you ever went to t to get some tech issues uh, done to uh, Ash or or Powerbank? It's it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and Luke, I mean, again, I cannot repeat it enough. I mean, it's just all the great things that I end up hearing about it, and it, it's it's one of those things that it's like, I always, it's the same thing that we were talking about earlier. It's one of those things, trying to find something to relate to, and it's like, but at the same time, you're such a relatable person. You end up translating everything so well that it's like you make it easy to to be approachable. And I think that's the part where a lot of people end up getting scared about it. And like in just everyday life, really like when it's like, Hey, like reach out to me. I could end up, end up helping you out any way I can. I might not end up having the best answer and it might not even be the right coding, but it's also one of those things that it's like, it's still one of those say, Hey, at least we're trying and we're trying together. So I definitely appreciate yeah. you taking the time, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, just, you know, just to start wrapping it up, uh, what are some, you know, final thoughts that you would give the audience uh, and what's, you know, what's what's coming up next for, for Luke? Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, I got a, I got a lot of things going right now. Um, you know, I got, uh, I, I can't really say it, but I have some really exciting stuff that could potentially happen with um, my business stuff on the side with Class Champs and Class School uh, that could really uh, blow up into something uh, much bigger than it is. So really kind of ex excited about that. Um, you know, I love everything we're doing at AMG, all the, the direction we're going. Um, and then I got to keep this down, but I, I can't wait to be able to leave the state and really kind of focus even more of my attention to AMG. Um, I think they would they would see even like a Luke, Luke 2.0 kind of with that. Don't say it too loud. Yeah, try, Don't say it too loud. They're trying to keep it down. But Alexis listening. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I think just adding a little bit more attention uh, to uh, having Luke 2.0 with AMG, I think, could really blow things up to another level as well. So yeah, I'm, lo I'm, lo I'm looking forward to be able to, you know, kind of be able to remote in and uh, just have a pure freedom to uh, build my dream. That's awesome. 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 So then, yeah, to wrap things up, uh, we'll plug in where people could find you or what you want people to check out, uh, some of your projects. I know we ended up having class champs. So I ended up adding that in the nest, but any other things you would like to add? Uh, you know, we've got, we got the class champs and the class school. Those are, uh, my two babies, uh, two different, two different, uh, class schools, like, uh, esports coaching, you know, it's really, we mostly have uh, classical hands kind of coaches, but we uh, have some others on there for, you know, PUBG Mobile, Clash Royale, Brawl Stars, um, or the, the kind of Supercell environment. Um, and then uh, Clash Champs is mostly focused on uh, Clash of Clans, but it's like, you know, we offer all kinds of things as far as recruiting and uh, base links and um, tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
that's that's the the bigger of the two. Uh, that that's, it really kind of helped me make the connections. Uh, you know where I'm at today. Um, so that you know that that one's my baby. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely give those a follow and, and check them out. And um, definitely uh, give me some feedback. Always looking to make it better. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, to wrap things up, we want to say thank you to all you guys who tuned in to AMG Social Hour. Once again, if you guys want to end up catching any of our previous episodes alongside with Bridge in the Gap, another one of our series that we end up having on uh, Twitter Spaces, head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform that you might end up using for you to find your social audio experience. Um, Just check out AMG Spaces. We could go ahead and link that. Just browse through over on our Twitter um, other than that, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys. Um, Kuzi, any last words? Yeah, just again, thank you, Luke, for, for taking the time. And I appreciate every single person that comes out and listens to these. Um, you know, we, we started these and, and we're pretty scared at the start on like who's going to come <laughs> and listen. Um, but it's been growing steadily every week that we do them. So I appreciate all you guys. And, and Luke, you you are a legend, man. And uh, I, I just want gone. you to know that we are extremely grateful for you on the sales team. <laughs> <Absolutely>. so, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my pleasure. And you guys are, are phenomenal. Um, uh, yeah, AMG wouldn't be what it is without you. So thank you. Thank you. And to everybody listening, once again, if you guys do have anything, that, topics that you guys want to end up hearing, please let us know in the comment section. Honestly, it yeah. helps us out. We would definitely end up wanting to get that feedback so we could end up giving you guys the content that you guys wanted to end up hearing about on your guys' social audio experience. So until next time, we are out. Take care. Thank you.